This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to the Authentic and Unapologetic Podcast. My name is Chloe Taylor, and I created this podcast to inspire you to live a life empowered and standing tall in your own authenticity. Because when you do this, you give everyone around you the courage and the strength to do the same. So get cozy and join me as I share my journey and guide you to living your best, most authentic life unapologetically. friends and welcome back to the podcast. Today is going to be another podcast exclusive and we are continuing in our debunking your money limiting beliefs. Now you don't have to watch or listen to rather the first episode to benefit from this one, but I would encourage if you want more content like this, that you follow the series. Uh, this is going to be the second episode. I will link the first one down below. But basically what this is about is everybody in my experience harbors some kind of limiting belief around money or either they've had one and they've overcome, but I am someone that I have worked really hard over the past almost 10 years to overcome my own limiting beliefs around money. I talked about where kind of I've come from in the first episode and where my money beliefs really started and stemmed from and how I've just worked to change that. And then we actually went into your money beliefs and like you sent them into me from Instagram. Um, and I'm going in and just kind of debunking why these things aren't true. And the thing that I want to say that I don't think I said in the first episode is that if we can't prove something true with complete certainty, then we can poke holes in it. It's not true, basically, because it is not a fact. So that's kind of what I'm doing in these episodes is I'm kind of just poking holes in those beliefs that are limiting you and saying like, hey, here's why this wouldn't be true. So we're going to go through a few more of them. I'm going to try to get through eight more of them today. Uh, I feel like this is going to be a four or five part series, maybe even six. Uh, we'll see. I want to, try, like I said, I want to try to get through at least eight questions today or eight of the beliefs today. So uh, these are all coming in anonymous, by the way. I let you know if you shared them with me on Instagram that I would keep your anonymity about it. So I'm not giving names or anything. But uh, the first one today comes in and I was about to say comes from and then tell their name when I just told you I wouldn't. Why am I like this? Um, but the first one we have today is trying to figure out where to start to heal generational trauma with lack of money. So this one isn't necessarily a limiting belief, but I feel like we should highlight it for a moment anyway because this is really important. I mean, looking at my own family, I can tell you where this has happened. Uh, my dad grew up extremely poor. Uh, he didn't even have indoor plumbing in his house. And he grew up, he was born, I think, in 1951. Um, my parents are a little bit older. <laughs> but um, 
he didn't even grow up with indoor plumbing, grew up extremely poor. He always tells this story of how for Christmas every year, his parents got them an orange with a nickel tape to it. And I don't know if that was actually true. I need to ask my dad if he was serious. I think he was for real though. Um, they just didn't have a lot. And I know that even in my parents, uh, when they first got married at 18, 19, had their first child, they did not have a lot either. And I, their stories of like my older siblings, I'm the youngest of seven, uh, their stories of my older siblings having to like shop at these really like low discount stores and they didn't necessarily always have enough to buy the newest, greatest and best. Uh, when I came along, my parents were a little bit more established, um, but I definitely know that money was still a weird thing in my family. And like I said, I talked more about that in the first episode, so I don't want to go too heavily there. But how to start healing that generational trauma, you're already doing it. If you're already asking the question about it, you're already doing it. And I can't tell you specifically how to heal yours because I don't know what the, the belief is. I don't know. And so I guess that would be your step number one is identifying what the beliefs are. What are the limiting beliefs that keep you or your family generationally? What is this belief that has stemmed from generations? I think at least going down my dad's side of the family, there is definitely this belief of there is not enough. And I can see why. I see where that comes from. And I see how even my parents treated money, at least from that angle. So there's definitely this perpetuated, there's never enough. And so that's definitely something I today in my where I am now, I still struggle with this. I still struggle with this. Is there enough? Do I have enough? You know, even if I have more than enough, it's something that I still work on. And so first and foremost, you have to identify what the belief is. What is the belief that is keeping you stuck? And it might be more than one belief, there could be several. And then Taking those beliefs and basically doing exactly what I'm doing on this podcast, which is if it's not an absolute truth, then taking it and poking holes in it. Why isn't it true? What makes it not true? Where is the evidence that this is not true? And I always recommend, I believe this actually comes from Isabel Palacios, and I think she got it from somewhere else. But Isabel Palacios, uh, who is another content creator on YouTube, also has a podcast. Um, she talks about how she'll write out the original statement and then like the limiting beliefs. So mine would be, there's never enough money. Um, then I would cross that out and I would rewrite it with a different statement. And I would say like, there's always enough money. I always have enough. And that is what I would continue to repeat to myself. Anytime that other one would come up, I would change it in that way by forcing myself to repeat the other at least three times, maybe even write it out three times if that's easier. So actually, I would say writing it out is probably harder, but it's going to get you farther because you're forcing your brain to make that connection by doing an action with it as well. And I want to say this again, it's called work because it's work. Like, I feel like many people have this assumption that they can just kind of like reprogram their subconscious at the blink of an eye. And you really can't your brain actually has matter in it that creates neural pathways that in order to make new ones, it takes time and repetition. And this is why you get people that say like, Oh, meditation doesn't work for me or writing things out doesn't work for me, but they've only done it one to three times when it's going to take repetition. So 
Um, I hope that was helpful. The next one we have is, ooh, definitely the hold. There's never enough and we always have to sacrifice one thing for another. So why do I feel like I did this one? Did I do this one last week? I feel like I did this one last week. Yeah, I think I did that one last week. So I'm going to actually move on from that one. But... um there's another one here. Money comes with age. So I do feel like in money comes with age, I kind of covered this one in episode one as well, but you just need to look at people that are really young that have a lot of money. Look at Jojo Siwa. How old is she? Like 17, right? 17 years old. That girl I think is literally her company is a billion dollar company. So you're never too young. Um, the next one is how do I help a friend lose the mindset of that's too expensive for me? Mine is I can't make more money because I'm in a union with small schedule raises. So this person actually had two questions, but it was from the same person. So I wanted to kind of loop them in. So how do I help a friend lose the mindset that that's too expensive for me? So this is really funny that this would come up this week because this person reached out to me personally too. They know who they are. Um, and I love this person very much, but it's funny because I deal with this myself. I deal with this in my own friendships. I deal with this. There is this, that's too expensive. I hear it. I don't think, and I'm sorry, I know I have my friends listen to this podcast. It's not a shame thing. I understand that it comes from probably other people saying it as well. But I don't think I have a single friend that doesn't talk like that, that doesn't say something is too expensive or that something, you know, even if it's like a basic human need. Um, and I feel like, honestly, this is just something that A, comes from society, and B, it also comes, which, what is that saying? It comes from society. We are the society. So unfortunately, some of us, like, it comes from us. But <clears throat> it's, it's, I feel like if we can call it out in the moment, it actually can be helpful. It's difficult at first, but the people around you will know what they can and cannot say to you. And this is something that I almost feel like it's like setting up a boundary. And it is hard because you don't want people to feel bad. You don't want people to feel bad about the way they speak or who they are. You want people to be who they are. But um, I know I have one friend in particular, and she's probably listening to the podcast, but I have one friend in particular that's um, she definitely knows what she can and cannot say to me. And it's because I don't let, it's kind of like, I don't let my friends speak badly about themselves. We're going to tie it into money though. I don't let my friends speak badly about themselves in front of me. I just don't. That's something that like, I'm like, nope, you can take that nasty attitude right out of here. Don't talk to my best friend like that. Even if it's them talking about themselves. I feel like with money, this is the same way. You can even stop someone and say, Hey, it's okay that you feel that way, but I'm really trying not to say this thing about money. I'm really trying not to, or maybe refrain from even talking about those things with that person. I feel that money can be a really sticky situation and it's something that we have made sticky because many of us don't even understand how it fully works. I mean, think about the language of money in general. I feel like most of us were never really taught how to balance a checkbook. We don't really know how savings accounts works, bonds works. We don't know how the stock market works. Don't get me wrong. Some of you do. And congratulations. I love that for you. I mean that very seriously. I'm not being cheeky. Um, 
teach the rest of us, please. But many people don't even know the language of money. And so they don't understand that when you constantly say things like it's too expensive or I don't know about that. I can't afford that. Or you just spend too much money on that. Da, 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 da. They don't understand that they can have those things too. They don't understand that they're limiting themselves by talking that way about money. You clearly know better. Um, but I feel like it's important that if you're trying to reframe yourself to set that boundary down. And a person that loves and respects you, they're going to respect it. I personally don't like the word expensive. I try not to say it ever. Uh, I'm not going to lie. When I get around certain people, it definitely comes up more because it's easy to want to be part of the group. But I think it speaks so many more volumes when you can say, hey, I really try not to use that word. I really try to like I treat money like it is the relationship that I have with a person. And it honestly is an opportunity for education if they're open to it. Now, not everybody is. I myself, I'll give you a real life example. Y'all know I'm big on real life examples. I remember when I first started to learn about limiting beliefs around money, and I'm going to definitely put my mom on blast for a moment. I was trying to explain to my mom um, how money isn't evil because I grew up in a household where money was always talked about like it was evil. It was the worst thing. It was corrupting. It was the devil's like whatever. And I remember sitting down at a noodles and company. This was like pre-vegan. I was still eating cheese. I was eating a bowl of mac and cheese. Um, I was sitting down at a noodle and company with my mom and I was trying to explain to her, like, no, money is just the tool. Like, we, we're we the ones that actually give it meaning. It doesn't really matter. Like, the money physical item itself is not evil. It's what we choose to do with it. And I gave her the analogy of a kitchen knife. You know, you can kill someone with one of those. Or you can use it to help you cook an eloquent meal, right? So I tried to give her that example and she was just so close-minded about it. It was like, no, 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 no. Money is evil. You can't convince me otherwise. Blah, 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 blah. Was just so not willing to hear what I had to say. And when you get people like that, like, you just have to realize that you're talking on deaf ears. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They have made up their mind about how they feel about something. And that's when you kind of have to make the decision if you're just going to refrain from talking about that stuff with them, you know, and it sucks. And it's sad because we want to share our most authentic selves with people that we care about. But sometimes they're just not ready. And it doesn't mean that you have to dim yourself down. But maybe just avoid those topics altogether if they're not willing to have an open conversation about it. Um, that's just my two cents there. So when it comes to helping your friend lose the mindset, if they're open to it, set the boundary, have the discussion. But if they're not open to it, there isn't really anything you can do. Like I said, even with my own mom, I laid it down for her so matter of factly, I knew what the hell I was talking about. And there was just a complete shutdown. And I, there was no proving my point. She didn't want to hear it. So there's no, you can't really help someone that doesn't want to be helped basically and just know that it sucks because you want to see your friend flourish in finances and you want to see them you know spoil themselves quote unquote spoil um you want to see them do good for themselves in that way but honestly the best thing you can do at that point is lead by example in my humble opinion is eventually they will see you doing so well that maybe they'll ask you about it, you know? And if not, then that's okay too. 
Anyways, um, you also had in that same question, I can't make more money because I'm in a union with small scheduled raises. So uh, I've never personally been in a union, but the only things I can tell you about it, and this is going to be so like, please keep in mind, I don't know your situation. I don't know what kind of work you're involved in. So this is going to be a very like surface level for me because I'm, I'm not you. I'm not wearing your shoes. I don't work in your job. I don't have your specific lifestyle. So take this, what do I say with a grain of salt, but something that, and I guess, I guess today is the day we put Chloe's mom on blast on the podcast. Um, growing up, my mom worked in a union and don't get me wrong. Her job had some amazing perks growing up without her. There's a lot of things my family would not have had. So I don't discount that this job was great, but here's the thing. My husband for a time period worked there before they let him go. It was a blessing in disguise. Um, my husband worked there for a time period as well. And the benefits were phenomenal. Excellent benefits. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Can't say enough good things about the benefits. However, looking back on it now, my husband works in a completely different job. We live in a completely different state of the country. Um, based on what we were dealing with then, my husband had zero seniority. Everything was extremely scheduled. Um, he was basically living like he was always on call. Yes, the benefits were awesome, but it also made us have to live somewhere we didn't want to live. Um and honestly, the cons outweighed the pros, like the benefits were the only good thing about that job. And I will stand by that. That is the hill that I will die on. Um, my mother will defend this job until she's over in the grave. But I honestly, outside of the benefits, to me, this job sucked. There was always something to complain about. They were always doing something weird about reestablishing the union. And I do think that unions have good benefits. But if you are truly unhappy and you want to break your own glass ceiling, because why do we even have that? Honestly, again, number one, ask yourself what you're passionate about. And number two, maybe try to find a way to move into that. If you're really passionate about the work you're doing, this is not me telling you to quit your job. I feel like you should continue that work, especially if you love it. But if it's something that genuinely doesn't make you happy and the money is not good enough for you, try to find something else that you can do. Whether it is a side hustle that you make into a business, I will always advocate for self-employment, um, but that's just because that's who I am. I will always advocate for self-employment, even though it is the hardest job you will probably ever do being self-employed. To me, it is extremely rewarding because I also get to set all of my own hours. I get to decide how much money I'm gonna make that month, be it by manifestation or by sponsorships or whatever. I get to make those decisions. There is no glass ceiling for me. I can just keep escalating. Does that make sense? I don't have somebody telling me, okay, jump. And this is how much money I'm going to give you for doing that. Um, and honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I got into self-employment was I didn't want someone telling me how much money I would make. Um, and don't get me wrong, it comes with its cons. Sometimes I or in the past, I shouldn't say now in the past, I have been like dirt broke because I was insistent on being self employed. So it's not necessarily the easiest journey. But 
it does give you that level of freedom. So I would honestly say either start looking for something elsewhere with more competitive pay, make your own way, or if you feel confident in it, maybe even bring that up with somebody in management. Those are kind of the only options, in my opinion, that you could really do. I don't know if there's, I mean, you could maybe look into the law of attraction as well, like maybe manifesting them changing it if you feel the thing is with manifesting though and setting intention you have to yourself really believe that it's possible because if you don't believe it on some level it's either going to take so much longer for it to come to you or it won't happen at all that's kind of the paradox of this universe of among the many paradoxes of the universe but um, I hope that was helpful I don't know again I don't walk in your shoes so I don't I'm not I don't want you to think that I'm telling you to quit your job because I'm not. <laughs> you would know better than anybody what is going to be the best for you. But that's what I would do. If I was in your situation and I wanted to make more, I would either be starting up a side hustle, bringing it up with upper management, or I would be looking for another job. That's just my energy. Um, okay. So the next one we have is I'm in fear of always living paycheck to paycheck. Ooh, I know exactly what that feels like. So, <clears throat> When you have a fear of living paycheck to paycheck, so I guess it's, are you in fear of the living paycheck to paycheck or are you currently living paycheck to paycheck? And that's why there's fear. Because if you're currently in a situation where you're living paycheck to paycheck, literally one of the best things you can do is either start again, I will always advocate for the side hustle. I, I'm sorry. It's just who I am. I will always advocate for the side hustle. Um, starting up a side hustle, even if it's just podcasting this where I run my podcast, I run it off of anchor. This is not sponsored. I mean, I think they do sponsor a lot of my podcasts with the platform. But I don't think this one is sponsored specifically. Um, but anchor, you can literally start up a podcast completely free, they send it to all of the platforms, and you can start making money using anchor from day one. As long, excuse me, as long as there are advertisers that are like already in and you can record, like it's all very easy if you go through Anchor to do it. It shows you how to do everything, but extremely easy, very easy. Like, yes, the money takes time. You then would maybe want to start up a social media for your podcast or whatever it might be. It can be that kind of side hustle. It really depends on what you love doing. I'm always going to advocate for the side hustle though. And with that side hustle, the reason I'm bringing up a side hustle is because I feel like when you're living paycheck to paycheck, because I have been there, my friend, um, when you're living paycheck to paycheck, there usually isn't any money to put away. And that was my experience for almost 10 years. There was never enough money for me to put some away. People are always like, oh, make your $1,000 emergency fund. But like, bitch, I didn't have any extra money to put into it. I barely could make my bills. So the only answer is to make more money. That's what you got to do. It's not about saving your Starbucks money. It's not about, you know, it, treat yourself still. I think this is something that we need to flip in society is we tell people like, oh, you don't have any money in your savings. Like you should cut back on your Starbucks. You should cut back on treating yourself. When in reality, when you're living fucking paycheck to paycheck, you thrive on those treats. You need them to get by. Because if you're just eating top ramen every single day and paying bills, you are miserable. And in order to have the side hustle, go for a secondary job, make more money in some way, y you need those little perks. 
And I will always like, bitch, I'm a Taurus son. We love self-care in this house. Always buy your coffee. Always do the thing that makes you feel good because saving $5 a day over the course of a year is something ridiculous. Like, let's, let's, let's ask. Hey, Siri. What's five times 365? Five times 365 is 1,825. Okay, in most places, not everywhere, that would barely cover rent, depending on where you live. But I'm just saying, don't make it so hard on yourself that you have to save like $5 a day or something. No, the only obvious answer, in my opinion, is you need to find a way to make more money. It's not about scrounging and saving and diving through your couch to look for change. It's about attracting another line of work that is better paying, more fulfilling, and allows you to actually make more. And then start putting away that money at least until I would say anywhere from 1000 to 10000 in savings. And I say that because once you have that safety net, it is very much easier to or it is easier and to get out of that mindset of, I can't afford it, I can't do it, paycheck to paycheck to paycheck to paycheck, you kind of have to have a safety net. That is my own experience that you have to have some kind of a safety net to get your mind to stop thinking that way. And it becomes this, oh, yeah, I can afford that. Oh, yeah, I can afford that. Oh, that's easy. And it makes it easier. So find a way to make more money. That's like the number one thing I'm never going to tell you to scrounge up change like that's just because I've been there I've done that like I've talked about this before I think either in the first episode or just at other points I've been there I've done that I know what it feels like to live paycheck to paycheck for years upon years upon years and literally live in poverty so find a way to make more money and it will become easier now I know that seems very stupid and probably like an obvious answer like oh just go make more money but Ultimately, that's it. You have to find what's going to make more money. I spent, I'm going to say at least three extra years in a career that I shouldn't have when I was making dirt nothing. And I was putting my family at risk of losing our home, losing our car, having our phones cut off multiple times. Like, I know what that feels like. And if somebody had just said to me, oh, just go make more money, I'd be like, yeah, hey, fuck you. <laughs> but it really is that easy. It really is that easy to just either make your own side hustle. If you don't want to do that kind of work, then finding another job, even if it's just something small and specifically knowing that this money that comes from here is only going into savings. So I hope that was helpful. Um, then we have, um, I don't know how to manage money. That's the next one. The next limiting belief, um, girl been there, done that, got the t-shirt and the trauma. Okay. I think I'm still in that mindset of, I don't know how to manage money correctly because nobody fucking taught me how to manage money correctly. And I've had to teach myself. So number one, you have to stop saying that to yourself. You have to stop saying words have power. It's called spelling because it spells. You have to stop telling yourself that you don't know how to manage money. Start telling yourself that you know exactly what to do with money. Even if you don't believe it, there is power in faking it until you make it. And the second thing is that learn, literally find um, my used bookstore in town. They constantly have books in about money. 
Um, there's like the richest man alive, think and grow rich. Um, there's also think and grow rich. Those are two different books. Think and grow rich, I think is by Napoleon Hill and think and grow rich is by Pam Grout. Both amazing books, incredible content about money. Um, and if you don't want to buy books, there are so many podcasts and YouTube channels about managing money. I want to say the financial diet on YouTube. They're great. I used to watch them all the time. Um, even on TikTok, there's like money talk, I believe, or something. I'm, I don't remember exactly what the hashtag is, but there are so many financial advisors now that are making content about money. And that's all you're missing is changing that phrasing and then teaching yourself about money. And I know it feels overwhelming. Trust me, I still, I'm almost 30 years old. I have yet to make my first investment. I've never invested in anything and I'm scared of that. But I vowed to myself during my Saturn return, before it is over, I'm going to make my first fucking investment. And it's terrifying because, of course, it's a gamble with money. But it's something that I feel like once you just start doing it and trying it out, it becomes easier. It's like working a muscle. Work your money muscle. You have to build it first. You have to learn what to do first and then actually start doing things instead of just saying, I don't know how to manage money and letting that be the thing that continues to scramble around your mind and doing nothing about it. So number one, change the phrasing. I know exactly how to handle money. I'm great with money. Managing money is the easiest thing I've ever done. And then actually educating yourself in the process. Um, and then I think the last one we're going to, well, we might answer a few more. Um, money makes people evil. I kind of already covered this one where basically it's not the money. It's the money that it's the money is just a tool. Like it doesn't, we could literally be exchanging rocks. If we all decided that rocks was the thing that we wanted to exchange for things, it could be rocks. And then do rocks become evil? No, it's what people do with the rocks or the money that make it quote unquote evil. So you have to ask yourself if you had a shitload of money, maybe you already do, what would you do with it? Are you going to go hire a bunch of assassins to kill a bunch of people? Or are you going to open up some something beautiful in your community that you've never had? Or are you going to start foundations? Are you going to donate to people? Are you going to buy your family a house? Are you going to pay off your parents' debt? Are you going to spark beauty in the world in some way? Because if that's the case, then we've already proved it wrong. You are not going to become evil by making more money either. Now, of course, there are people out there that do evil shit with money, but having money does not perpetually make you evil. Okay, let's see what else we have here. I also, I apologize in the background if you can hear callers. My cats are, it's almost dinner time and they are looming around right now. So... Um, let's see, we have the desiring money is shallow and greedy and spirit wants me to live like a Buddhist monk. Oh, I feel this on a soul level. I know exactly what you're saying. Okay. I think, oh, I'm sorry. My, uh, my Instapot is yelling at me right now. Um, we're just going to ignore that because hashtag real life things, but <clears throat> I feel like I know exactly what you're saying with this because this is something that I to this day still struggle with. So you kind of hit one that this is going to be good for me to dive into it because I need to think about it. But basically that spirit wants you to live more minimalist, more like a Buddhist, less with less things. 
Now, this is something that I myself struggle with. I always think like, nope, I need to be at the frequency of love. I need to be giving love to others. And it's not necessarily money for me. It's whenever I get upset with someone because they've done something really shitty, I always tell myself like, no, I just need to give them love. I just need to forgive them. I just need to. And, and, and I never really take the moment to stand up for myself because it's scary. And I feel like with money, obviously it's not exactly the same as standing up for yourself, but this is also something I have struggled with in the past is the money thing. But I feel like what we need to understand is that spirit knows that you're a human spirit, your guides, your ancestors, your spirit knows that you're a human. And this is what I think many people forget when they get into spirituality, they forget that they're still human and you have to pay attention to your humanness. And, you know, you're not currently on an, on the fifth dimension running around in your light body with not needing to eat or whatever. You are having a human experience. You are a soul having a human experience. And part of that human experience is materialism, is having things, is manifesting wealth if that's what you desire and it's okay to indulge in that humanness and granted I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes here I know some people probably really don't believe that and that's okay I'm only telling you what I believe for myself and what I have found to be true for me so remember that you're a human because your ancestors your spirit guides your spirit team they absolutely know that you're human and they expect you to be human don't be so hard on yourself. I, I feel like for you specifically, it could even be that you've had a past life as not a human. And maybe that's even past you being like, why do you need all this shit? We didn't need all this shit before. But in the human life, there's a lot more shit that you need. So, and it's not even just like the luxury purses, shit like that, because you don't necessarily quote unquote need those things. But even when we talk about like having shelter, having a bed, having things that to me anyways, are very basic human needs. Um, I myself could not sleep on the floor. I have hip and knee dysplasia. Girlfriend needs a bed. Um, but with keeping that in mind, you know, either there is potential that you've had another life living it differently. And that's why there might be some guilt in there, but also it's okay. It's okay for you to be human. That's probably the best thing I could tell you is it's okay for you to be human. It's expected of you to be human. So I can't really say for certain how I undid that in myself because I've definitely had a similar thought pattern of like, I shouldn't desire these things because I don't need them. Not really. But ultimately it's okay. What is desired by you is destined for you. And we're not born with desires on our heart to not see them fulfilled. Um, is there any more? I mean, there is more, but I'm just asking myself if I want to take the time to answer any more today. I don't feel like this episode is too, too long, so we maybe could. Um, let's see. Um, you know, I think...
I think we're going to save the rest for another episode. All the rest of them that I'm seeing are like really big questions and I would rather take more time. So um, I think that's where we're going to stop on this episode. Thank you for hanging out with me this Tuesday. I hope I debunked some of your beliefs, maybe gave you some food for thought. Um, also, mom, if you're listening to this, which I highly doubt, but if you are, I know that you're human. It's all good. I am putting you on blast. I did put you on blast today, but I still love you. Um, and I know that that's part of your human experience and that's okay. I love and accept you anyway. Uh, but that's what we got today. Please do not forget my friends. When you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram and TikTok. links down below and to check out the original episode in the series so that you can know a little bit more about all of this. And I will speak to you all again next Tuesday. I love you so much. Bye. If you felt seen, heard, and understood by today's episode, please remember that this podcast is designed from a YouTube channel. Most, if not all of the episodes are actually audio from sit-down videos of mine on my YouTube channel that I have linked down below. Over there, you will find videos that range from tarot, these sit-down chats, and everything else that I believe will light you up from the inside out. This, my social media handles, and so much more are listed in the show notes below. Please never forget that when you stand up in your own authenticity, you empower everyone around you to do the same. I'll talk to you all next week. Mm -hmm.